Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the sometimes twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Hillary H-Bomb Livingston Butler, coming to you from the Middle-Aged Momish Studios in Austin, Texas. Uh, joining me tonight for an after-hours LRB from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with the Plan Lundholm. Um, Anne, I have a question for you. Yes. How, how do you like your Waffle House hash browns? Do you know? I've never been to a Waffle House. (laughs) Well, when you come down here, I'll take you. I personally like mine scattered and covered, which just basically means burned with, like, cheese on top. (laughs) Um, I don't really like to mess with onions, though I'm not going to, like, say no to them, but they're really good. Now, as Meredith pointed out in the last recap, she and I are above the IHOP Waffle House I guess the Mason Dixon line of that of breakfast, but the, but the truth is, I've never been to IHOP either. Uh, you know, IHOP is fine. TM, it's fine. It it's serviceable, but it, Waffle House is really that's that's where it's at. That's some good good flavor. There's actually, to my knowledge, only one nearby me. The, it, Austin and Texas in general are not really Waffle House country. That's more of like a southern, like it's you know like. Atlanta. When I was in Tennessee, there were a lot of them. So that's that's kind of the the central mm-hmm. heart of beating heart of Waffle House. Um, I you can't know, believe you're having this entire conversation without me. <laughs> I'm so I was sorry. just about to say this is killing Bobby. <laughs> I know. And from New York City, Get a Rope Studios in New York, New York. It's Bobby shoveling papes, pape. Um, Bobby, how do you like your hash browns? Do you know? Do you have an answer? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scattered, <laughs> smothered, and covered. That, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a really traditional way of accepting them into your heart, into your mm-hmm. gutty works. Yeah, oh, right, right I... in, rolled up and shoved into the <laughs> arteries of my heart. I do have a hash brown story, not from IHOP or Waffle House, but from Perkins, which oh, is yeah. here in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, you're sort of one step up from Denny's, maybe, for mm-hmm. people who don't know. Uh, as we were there having a, a family dinner one night, my mom said, oh, I'm finished with my half sprunced. Would anybody like the rest? And I said, oh, I'll take them. And she looked at me and she said, I think you've had quite enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> and oh, that's, that's not a, a hash brown story. That's a child abuse story. <laughs> <laughs> Call CPS. And I'm in therapy. Why? <laughs> hmm. Um, all right. We got sidetracked there a little bit with my hash browns. But as usual, we'll go through some LRB business, tackle this TBTL weekend review, do our housekeeping, and finally tell y'all how to get involved. Y'all, it's a contraction, how to get involved. <laughs> um, and with that, and my dude, get us into the business. My man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk some business. Well, we're going to toss it right back to you, Hillary, because yeah, you had I'm quite born. the night last night. You are <laughs> yes. running short on sleep. Do you yes. have an alcoholic beverage? I do, actually. You know, I've been really trying to not quite do like the sober January, but like limit my drinking to Saturday. But uh, my last night called for an alcoholic beverage, so I have a glass of wine. And I might have to do the Dave bring me a refill um, shortly. But um, so uh, let me see how to quickly tell this story. So last night, 
Dave and I are asleep. I had these little images of going to the gym really early. There's a class I like at 5.30, which means I have to go to bed like a toddler. So I went to bed at 9. And I'm like, I'm going to get so much sleep. I'm going to be so rested for this, you know, weightlifting class. I'm ready. So then at 1, our door opens, and it's Rory, my sweet 4-year-old boy. And he, um, he's he been coming to our room every now and then. It's just like his annoying habit. And I don't know exactly. If anybody has tips on how to keep a four-year-old in their room please tell me he'll Dimple. go back to bed it's yeah I, I trust me I've thought about it um <laughs> so I I'm just thinking oh he's just coming in he wants somebody to go sleep with him but Dave or I will usually go parade him back to his bed and put him back in you know all is well so he was crying though and he's not usually crying he's usually just like I had a nightmare come come and be with me but he was crying so Dave put him in back into his bed because he knew I wanted to wake up and he's very nice. Um, put him back into his bed and I think he was still sort of crying, but Dave was like, oh, he'll get over it. It's fine. Uh, then Dave, this is a slight TMI, but not really. Dave had to go to the bathroom because he was awake at one thirty in the morning and he went into the kid's bathroom, which we leave the light on as sort of a hall nightlight. Um, he, went to the bathroom and then like looked in the mirror and he had blood all over his chest and he was like, uh, what? And so he realized that Rory had fallen out of bed and cut his head open uh, and was gushing blood. And it, so um, I was still fast asleep. I mean, I, had, I was like, you know, right back to bed and Rory came back into the room and I, a dick, and I thought, oh, did Dave fall asleep in his bed? And then Rory got out of bed again. Like, I'm not going to be able to go to the gym because I'm going to be too tired. Uh, but then he was saying, like, Mommy, Mommy, my head hurts. My head hurts. Anyway, so I went back, and Dave was starting the bath. Um, and I looked at the cut, and I just said, I, you can't. He has to go to the emergency room. Like, this is too deep. It, was, it wasn't that long. It was just a really deep cut. And right on his, like, the back of corner of his head, like, where – you know, just, yeah, the back corner of his head. Anyway, so um, Dave took, I I am good. I'm a good mom. I'm a, like I say, I'm like a B mom. I'm like a B to B plus mom. And I'm fine weirdly throw, like picking up throw up or cleaning up like a bed that's messed up. That's not a problem for me. Blood is where I, I don't thrive in those situations, especially like kind of emergency situations. I, I wilt a little bit. So Dave knew. I mean, Dave is, knows me well enough so he um he took rory to dell children's hospital which is a kind of a distance but there was no traffic so it took him probably about 15 minutes to get there took him there and they it it took a long time they weren't home until about five in the morning and but he has two stitches in his head um he looks you know a little frankenstein-ish but he's (laughs) otherwise fine I mean Dave and I are the ones that are sort of worse for wear because obviously I didn't go like right back to sleep I wasn't going to the gym so I was sort of awake and I was looking at my phone just waiting for for updates and you know Dave got back at five he had to go to work today because his whatever his work is stupid so he had to go to work so he got about an hour of sleep uh after that and I'm sure he's delirious right now so anyway that was my night um and I got to stay home I did take a nap while he was watching Star Wars uh you know, so I got a little bit of afternoon sleep, but yeah, it's, it was traumatizing. More traumatizing for you guys than for Rory, apparently. Oh, he he's like ready to go. He's like, let's party. I mean, and he somebody, my cousin, my sweet cousin sent him cookies. There's a, a cookie delivery place here called Tiff Streets. He sent him cookies for like warm baked cookies, a variety of, you know, 
M&M, chocolate chip, uh, peanut butter. So, yeah, he's living it up. He's loving his life right now. (laughs) Uh, But but this is... Oh, this is, I'm sorry, this is the thing that made me laugh the most. So Bridget was really upset, I think probably because the attention was not being right. shined on her, but she was very upset uh, this morning when I told her about it. She slept through the whole damn thing. I mean, she had no idea until I woke her up for school. Uh, and I said, why don't you make him a card while you're at school today? Just because that'll make him feel better and it'll make you feel better. And she made him a card that says, what does it say? It says like, I love the way you look when you see, I love the way you smile when you see me. <laughs> so even in like her, you know, his time of need, it's all about her always. Sounds about right. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. So that is my kid drama story. I hope that today is a smoother uh, road. Well, I remember when I was Rory's age, I would have done just about anything for a popsicle. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, that he picture to... of him with the popsicle <laughs> in the hospital bed is on point. Watching TV at three in the morning with a popsicle—it's a dream come true. He was <laughs> delighted. I occasionally do that as an adult. <laughs> Nobody's home, and I can't get to sleep. There's a bag of freezy pops in the freezer that's been there. <laughs> Since we moved into the new house, and I'll still grab one once in a while. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. No. Well, I hope that um, Rory survives with all his brain cells intact. Oh, Lord. And uh, that you get some sleep tonight. <laughs> no, God. Please, God. All right. Uh, Bobby, you had a busy night last night, too. It's just hopefully it didn't involve a trip to the emergency room. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that fun. Um, it was a school night, so we called it pretty early. But I had the honor of meeting up with some New York 10s last night. So uh, for context, uh, as you know, I'm in a city that probably makes salsa. Um, I'm here for the Chamber Music America annual conference. This is my third year in a row coming to this conference, and it's my third year in a row hating this conference. But I am here to kiss ass, basically, and to network. Uh, And so I do that, and I'm staying at the host hotel because I like to run away to my room as much as possible every time I start to get annoyed with people, which happens a lot here. Um, But I slipped out last night and met up with a handful of New York 10s, Chris O'Leary, he's the one who flies even more than I do to go to all the breweries. Melisande, of course, a famous 10 in her own right, as is Kelly Folkers. And my favorite 10 last night, not that I'm playing favorites, but (laughs) Catherine definitely is my favorite because Catherine brought me, us, but mainly me, a jam-packed box full of donuts from Peter Pan in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Oh, I see how easy it is to buy your affection. You knew this. That's true. You mail people boxes of treats. I've used that before. (laughs) Oh, I mean, Michael Livingston has definitely played favorites. He likes Anne the best, including out of, like, me. Besides me, he he likes Anne the best out of LRB because she she gives him sweet treats. Absolutely. That's not a euphemism. Sorry. That's not an aggressive. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, hey, Anne, Anne, Anne's, uh, you know, Anne's not married. She's not dead. She keep her I'm not free agent. No. no. <laughs> Kathleen, scoot over. <laughs> uh, so, Bobby, did you uh, stiff the New York 10s again and take their money? Uh, 
Okay, first of all, that was a Boston's <laughs> meetup. Oh. <laughs> and I paid them back. But I will say, just like any normal tens meetup, we got to the end of the night, we split up the check, and everybody threw in their cash, and there was way too much money on the table. <laughs> so uh, that tradition continued. Um, I think we managed to parse out enough of the change fairly equitably. Um, and, uh, you know, Kelly and and. Catherine worked out the last of it between them because they're regulars. They hang out together, so they'll figure it out. But thank you guys all for coming out. We went to Valhalla uh, in Hell's Kitchen, the same place we went last year, mainly because um, I knew of it <laughs> because we went last year and just threw it out there again. We traded, they have a good beer list, and we traded beer pictures with the Stewbot in real time. Oh, cool. Uh, and had sort cool. of a little virtual cheers. And so that was nice. And uh, I still have half a box of Peter Pan donuts in my hotel room. <laughs> nice. So. Uh, yeah, I'm still eating them. Um, mm. it full dis- it's Friday night right now, so they're only a day old right now. <laughs> what if it was like Sunday night? <laughs> well, I'm here until Sunday. So the best, I mean, uh, uh, Peter Pan's known for their red velvet donuts, and those are very good. And some of the other ones are very good, but they're kind of an old school donut shop. So they're not like these super hipster, like it's not going to voodoo and getting your bacon maple. Pirate um, ninja donut. You know, right, exactly. <laughs> There's no... There's no piece of pickled something or other on it, and it's not lit on fire when they serve it. Uh, but they do have one great topping. They they take one of their donuts, and they cover it in icing, and then they dip it into fried chunks of crumbled donut. Ooh, that seems a little cannibalistic somehow. Yeah. I, I assume it's the donuts that don't quite make it, right? Or maybe they're day old. I don't know. But they, they, twi- they refry them, so they're it's crispy, like a, crunchy. It's like a... Po' boy donut, basically, like all the I debris, you you mean, know, like the debris. Po' boy, poor boy. They, it's like all <laughs> the stuff that falls out, uh, and then it just is in the sandwich. Uh, poor boy. Yeah, it's the poor boy donut. Um, <laughs> and I ate one of those right in the restaurant, and it was great. We struck a deal with our waiter to let us eat the donuts. Actually, he never ended up taking us up on that. I was going to give him one. That was going to be the deal. But oh well, um, we're good tippers. It's fine. So. We did all that. That was great. Uh, and now I'm in New York, and I was supposed to fly to Atlanta on Sunday. Uh, as people who've listened for a long time might have noticed, Luke and I strangely end up in the same cities like a couple of days apart. This is you not do. the first time this has happened. Yeah. Uh, I just go to clean up his messes. <laughs> but there's a this massive storm that's rolling through this weekend uh, means that my flight on Sunday was just canceled, like moments before we started recording tonight. So I was scrambling to fix that and also run to Dwayne Reed for a pair of cheap earbuds because I'm an idiot. Um, so now I'm just here until Sunday night and then going home. But um, I will only say all of this to note that JetBlue refused to be helpful. Delta changed a flight they had no business changing to get me home uh, from from JFK to Buffalo instead of Atlanta to Buffalo even though it was outside the waiver wires or waiver. Well, that's, that's a fantasy football term. The weather <laughs> waiver. It's been a long day. Uh, so Delta's great and JetBlue's not. That's the moral of the story. Mm. Good to know. Done. And I'm in New York. <laughs> hey, I'm in New York. I'm yeah, sorry. I've watched I've, too much I, Wayne's World. <laughs> I literally bought a slice of pizza, folded it in half, and ate it as I was walking to the meetup yesterday. I really wow. wanted to feel like a local. <laughs> so cliche. All right. Well, uh, you're welcome for the weather that we're sending your way. 
Thanks. Yeah. I, mean, um, I don't think, think it's technically, we're not even getting snow here, but it is getting motherfucking cold right now. That's what happening you, what, here, But too. what do you mean by that? I just want to know what that means. Uh, well, it's been really mild. It's been a strangely mild uh, January. Global warming is not a thing. Uh, and so we have not had any sub-zero temperatures yet, but that's going to change tonight. It's been in the 20s most of the week. Right now it is 7 degrees and falling. We are going to be at some negative temperatures within a very short time here. But it's not. It's like too cold to snow, basically. That's what um, Dave always says. It's too cold to it, snow. I, it's not really too cold cold to snow it's just that when it's that cold you don't get the moisture in the air so sure. it's it won't i mean there's no such thing as too cold <laughs> it's just uh, uh factors that go along with it being cold i guess sure it's gonna be like 55 on sunday and people are like it's gonna be really oh, cold no just, <laughs> i know <laughs> it's gonna be re- i'm like i have to wear a jacket like a I'm literally wearing a jacket that is like a zip-up hoodie jacket. Like, I don't even know. I mean, I wear my puffy jacket sort of sometimes, but I get annoyed by layers. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't survive. But I want to visit, but I wouldn't survive. Well, this is like boring weather talk now, but I was watching <laughs> the local weather last night, and they were talking about this is – we're setting a record today for the latest we've ever – had our first sub-zero temperature. And of course, they're wow. showing back all the old years and whatever. And I was it 2013 or 2014, we had 53 days with below zero temperatures. <sighs> and I'm like, son <sighs> of a bitch. That's just like the inverse of you guys having all those yes, above 100. 100. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're equally well, be- miserable in our own I ways. Know. But you know what's weird? This is, I bitch so much, but uh, when I lived in LA, I was like, oh my God, can I have a different weather pattern, please? Because every day it was gorgeous and sunny and I wanted to hole into my house and watch Real Housewives or something and I felt guilty because it was like 78 degrees and beautiful. So I'm never happy. That's the moral of the story. Well, as long as you know that. Yeah, I do. I have some self-awareness. <laughs> then don't. you can be prepared for life. <laughs> yes. I've, I've told you guys, Sam and I are going to Orlando for a few days in February. And the the trip was for two reasons. One, I've never been to Florida, really. And so we're just, we're just sort of doing a tasting sampler of all the shit in central Florida. We're doing a day at Disney and a day at Universal and a day out on the space, you know, this, this, the space stuff on the coast. Which is the um, best. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That was the day that I lobbied for. We get yeah. we have a travel day on each end, and then three full days in Orlando. We're staying in a crappy hotel, which will probably have a great continental breakfast and free parking. And we're we're going to do all this stuff just because I've never gone, and Sam wants me to experience it. Uh, but mainly, we just wanted to go to the warmest place we could that wasn't going to be a pain in the ass in the mm-hmm. middle of February. We just yeah. know by then that we're going to be so miserable. We just thought, well, Aruba is a bit extravagant and expensive for a few days. Um, we'll just bite the bullet and go to Florida just for the sake of some moderate warmth. Listen, do what you have to. No shade there. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're or not you're into the Disney thing, one thing I'll say about Disney World is they are on point with their organization. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible the way they run things. So it's worth seeing a, just for that. They run a facility tour 
mm-hmm. where you can spend like all day seeing all the behind the scenes stuff that makes the magic work of the way they operate, but it's pretty expensive. It's like a couple hundred bucks or something, and it's seven hours long. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So if I if I had a week at Disney, I would totally spend a day doing that. But since we've got one day, we're just going to <laughs> Magic Kingdom. Maybe do the above ground stuff, Bobby. Right. Right. What do you do in Disney? I saw where they do the laundry, which is legitimately <laughs> part of that tour. Uh, yeah. Hey, so if you have Orlando tips uh, for me, uh, listeners, just be my travel agent. That'd be great because Sam's doing most of the planning. Uh, we have our Disney tickets. We have our fast passes booked already because we were told we had to do that. Um, and I have talked to Nick, of course, the perfect 10 for advice. Um, but if anyone else has Orlando stuff or food I should eat or things like that, let me know. Cause I assume by the third day that I'll just be full of nothing but bath salts because it's Florida. But <laughs> Here's hoping. All right. Well, um, as far as throw your phones go, it's been another busy week. Yes. Uh, hopefully we won't forget them all, but uh, they were all very specific to the day. So nothing general to kick off with. So I guess we can go right into the week in review. We can Bobby? fall right into a huge prog rock hole. Yeah. Which is the title of Monday 2814. Um, here's what I'm going to do, because there are so many throw your phones for Monday. I'm going to get through my notes, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think will actually take that long, hopefully. And then I will read all the throw your phones in a marathon at the end. Uh, so it's Monday, and Andrew is very much got a case of the Mondays. It's Monday. <laughs> uh, but he tells us he played a game called Secret Hitler on Sunday, which sounds great, except that I don't think anyone wants to be Hitler. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't great in the 30s back when they played it. <laughs> right. I do kind of like games like that, though. I think they're sort of fun. I don't love a game night. It's not my ultimate favorite, but that kind of stuff. I mean, not Secret Hitler, but Assassin kind of. I think those are kind of fun. I, I enjoy them. My issue with game nights is the forced nature of it. Like, yeah. when you show up somewhere and... Um, this actually happened at a family dinner, like a holiday dinner for me once. Somebody really wanted to play card against, cards against humanity. And this is my family. No, um, no. And that is a bad like, idea. It's one of these things where somebody just keeps suggesting it until it happens. And so we played cards against humanity with my family. Now my family's pretty good about sense of humor. Like it's it's not as awkward as you know like this would never fly at Sam's family dinner um but the best part was my super naive aunt rose um who has probably never made a dirty joke in her life completely kicked everyone's ass because of her naivete <laughs> she was playing cards with things that she didn't understand oh and gosh. just the look on her face made it all worth it and she totally sandbagged us in one i mean not intentionally she just she shot the moon on ignorance. Um, and <laughs> oh, Aunt Rose. It was adorable. <laughs> uh, Luke talks about a, quote, secret beach on Lummi Island. That uh-huh, he went. sure. Uh, and by secret, we mean a beach that <laughs> <Private>. belongs right, <laughs> to a condo club. <laughs> um, I, we, there's no reason to dive that in, into that more. Oh. Now, Luke's going to Atlanta, which I won't talk about too much. Uh, because it comes up later in the week. But uh, Andrew makes it clear he wants a Hotlanta magnet from Atlanta. And it leads to some tchotchke talk. 
Uh, and I'm really bummed I'm not going to Atlanta now because I was going to buy Andrew a Hotlanta magnet because Aww. I'm sure Luke won't. So, oh well. Uh, then we get into, and by the way, that is not a um, justification for the name Hotlanta. It should not ever be called that. No. Agreed. It's terrible. Uh, then there's a conversation about the band Squeeze, who Andrew doesn't think he knows. And Luke is talking about Squeeze songs that he might know and why he didn't just play Tempted from the I start. Know. I, I know. It was so ridiculous. It, He's yeah. telling me. Mm-hmm. But but also, it is surprising that he Andrew doesn't know Pulling Buses from a Shell. I mean, I'm like, I don't know. All these songs that Andrew doesn't know, I'm like, they're just so widely played. It's not like I'm, I mean, I like Squeeze, but it's not like I'm this big fan. But they're, they seem sort of ubiquitous. Like they're playing in a gap or whatever. I mean, just some in the background of a grocery store. It's so odd to me that he hasn't heard so much of this stuff. He was yeah, too busy I, listening to The Doors, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so glad that we finally got tempted on Tuesday yes. because uh, I know I was like, play it, play it. Come on. <laughs> it's just... a crowd pleaser. It's a showstopper. You can't ever, when you play that song, everybody stops and listens. Yeah. I would like to mention here that Rockapella has a very nice cover of tempted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by, by the way, listeners, we might need more jam fun soon because, um, as part of my role in the arts world, I get a lot of emails from groups pitching orchestras to come perform with your regional <laughs> orchestra or whatever. And I found out recently, thanks to one of these emails, that uh, Mpact, 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 M hyphen Pact, uh, is available with none of its original members, uh, and they will come sing with your orchestra. <laughs> so yeah, I do they will. believe we need to book them for Anne's next birthday. Okay. Yes. You know, I'm going to be 42. That's a very important birthday. Yeah, it is. Douglas Adams' birthday. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, we get a new sponsor, uh, the Zebra.com, which is the Kayak for Insurance. And I only noted this because we're starting to get like the classic podcast slash um, like real adult stuff. Like there's mm-hmm. this and there's the Calm app and then there's the um, investments one. Robin Hood. Yes, yeah. Robin Hood is very popular now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I, but then again, there's that weird deodorant one, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a beard, and I still got uh, one of the shave ones when Pesca started plugging it. Uh, Harry's, just to get it, just to try it. Um, I used it on my neck. It was fine. Um, I'm not getting behind the deodorant one. Deodorant's a very personal purchase Uh everybody knows exactly what they like and never changes it right i mean that's how that works i have my deodorant that i've been using for like eight years now and it's the only one that i will use yep Yep. yeah i've got the scent of old spice that is the least douchey i worked my way (laughs) through all of them to figure it out uh luke has been discovering new music by scouring a playlist that addy made that she may or may not know that he's using to do this (laughs) i actually sort of was I was listening. Actually, I, was, I listened to the Reality Bites uh, soundtrack because I was, uh, you know, tempted is on there. So I was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll start listening to this." This is, you know, a good reminder of my younger days. But then I started to look for Addie's, but I couldn't I, because I'm not a millennial. I couldn't find her stuff. But I was sort of interested because I believe, even though she is into super new cool hit music, I kind of think, "Oh, maybe I'll like it." You know, she has interesting tastes and. She works at NPR now, so, you know, it must be somewhat palatable to the, the older generation. Speaking of Eddie and NPR, 
did you? I think we even put it in our chat. And Miner, my oh, hero this so week, great. my other my other hero, uh, not for bringing me donuts, but for reviving once again the NPR the NPR sick burn thread <laughs> in the Stens page, saying something about Addy demanding a larger desk. <laughs> And it's just amazing because when that thread started, Addie was still a college DJ. Yep. <laughs> uh, top story. Ron and Don show is Ron and Dunn. Uh, cut after their Thursday show with no pomp, no circumstance. It doesn't really work when you say it like that. Uh, like in all commercial radio shittiness, just um, booted with no chance to say goodbye to their listeners and no explanation. And nobody's talking about it. I mean, I'm sure eventually we'll get a story yeah. from somewhere. But I'm sure at the same time, Ron and Don need to watch out for their future. Like, they came as a team from another radio station. So there's always a possibility that they would go somewhere else. But they have been on Seattle for, what, almost 20 years or something? Maybe longer? Uh, I think it was 13. Oh, okay. So they've I been a partnership a for 20-odd years. That's what it is. They moved and planted themselves in Seattle for this job. What it really like put into focus was, I mean, I know, what was his name? What was the station manager's name when TBTL was canceled? Um, oh, the Rod Father. Yes. It puts, <laughs> it puts into perspective what like maybe a kind and over generous person he is because, you know, I love TBTL. I'm on a goddamn podcast that recaps TBTL. I love it. I've devoted you know, 10 years of my life to it. But, you know, they were not a highly rated or much followed uh radio show terrestrial radio show and he gave them so much um you know generous time when they were canceled like he did not have to do that on a like a kind of crappy time slot he could have just said like get out of here you're done but he let him have two days because mm-hmm. i remember it was you know i think wednesday they said we have some news for tomorrow and i thought it was going to be something exciting and i listened live and i never listened live but i listened live on that thursday was when they said we're canceled so they had thursday and friday to sort of prep it which is kind of amazing because i don't think they ever do that if they don't do it for ron and don which seemingly were like a pretty big show then it's pretty amazing that they did it for tbtl yeah yeah uh, side note, so the Rod Father was Rod Arquette, who that's now right, still right, has right. a talk show on KNRS, Salt Lake City Talk Radio. Yes. So he got called back to the Mormon mothership. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand the sort of hard reality about you don't give pissed off talent time after you fire them on the radio to say whatever they want to say, TBTL being the exception. But why do they do it on Thursday? Wouldn't yeah, it be easier weird. just to let them finish the week when they're done on Friday than be like, you're out? Yeah, it seems less dramatic. And people have a couple of days to sort of forget. Before they'll know, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if less people listen on Friday instead of Monday or something. So there's like a like a softening yeah. for the new setup. Yeah, Maybe. maybe. Or maybe they wanted to give the I don't know the maybe it would probably it was probably hard for the new hosts to do much planning because yeah. you know that would have had to be in secret so I I don't know I don't have a good answer there but I, I assume there is a reason like the same reason Sh- yeah you don't Sean's let them put their take. hands in the till yeah yeah that's a good point we should um, we should try to get Sean to just jeopardize his job for us and talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't listen to a lot of talk radio really, no. but I mean, when I, whenever I'm in Seattle, like I, I guess I, I didn't not enjoy Ron and Don. I did always just hope that Dory's show would be over soon so we could get to Ron and Don. So there's that. Uh, to the next top story, sort of, uh, Luke watched one episode of the Marie Kondo Netflix special <laughs> and he has diagnosed all of this by saying, quote, people just have too much shit. Uh, then he decides to attack ice cream scoops. <laughs> because oh, you can man. just do that with a spoon, says a man who's clearly apparently never bent a spoon in ice cream before. That was so I was I like, you know, sometimes when you're listening to something and it, you just remember where you were when you were listening to it. I was li- listening to this episode, watching Bridget's gymnastics class, and I was like getting enraged. But I'm amongst parents just watching these like little girls do a cartwheels all over the place. And I'm just getting like madder and madder. And I'm like, I can't tell anybody about this because it's so stupid. But I'm like the fucking man that bought like a helmet to help with his balding problem is telling people that they have too much shit. Are you kidding? He has two goddamn boats and he, or not anymore, but he did at some point that he didn't use. (laughs) And he's telling people they have too much shit. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. The gall. I was so annoyed. I was so mad. But I was like in a public place going like. Uh, uh, uh. He bought $200 worth of water. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Because <laughs> they didn't He's sell it in Seattle, but they actually totally did in a lot of places. Literally pissing money away. <laughs> yep. Doesn't Carrie have like control over the Amazon account so he doesn't buy stuff or, you know, some uh, level of control of his finances. Uh, I Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it I, would be smart. I think it would be really funny if Luke got mad about that and just said, but I am the literal voice of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> At least that one time, the fire and team. Carrie's like, but we're still having parental controls on it. <laughs> God. I'm glad he sort of came around, you know, on Tuesday, but I was so annoyed because his voice was so pompous about it. Like, let me tell you guys something. Just like vegetables are good for you. Vegetables are good for you. You buy too much shit. The end. (laughs) God. Uh, We can can fly through the rest of this. Uh, Andrew's getting nostalgic for his old camera. Not the one he gave to a 10, but another old camera. after going and looking at his old Flickr page, which, by the way, people, is out there, and you should go stalk Andrew and find it. <laughs> if you know anything about Andrew, you'll be able to find it. And uh, there's some weird-ass pictures in there from a long time ago. And Luke talks about his little boat, the one he still has. These things are connected because they both want to upgrade these items. Uh, Andrew would like a better camera. Luke would like to get the bright work done on the boat. Uh, but they decide that maybe they should actually use these things for a little while and then decide that if they're using them, then maybe work on them. It's weird. Sure. That you, I yeah. mean, that's one strategy. <laughs> uh, a picture of an egg got a record-setting number of likes on Instagram. I went and saw it. It's egg. It, you know what I like? It's a brown egg. When I was a kid, all the eggs were white. Now <laughs> eggs are brown. Yeah. <laughs> And that, folks, is progress in this racially charged world. We can now have brown eggs on right. Instagram. Just like people. They're all the same on the inside. And delicious. Uh, we got an email from an American in Australia on the Lego talk. Um, and more importantly, the Australian also mentions maths and sport, which leads Luke to say the quote of the week. Quote, are there different kinds of math? 
<laughs> More on that in a moment. Uh, and another listener reminds them that the 3,000th show is coming up. Now, let me do the three of your phones. God, some of these are long. I'm going to try. I'm probably going to stumble. Uh, we have listener Ellen. The guys are talking about how it would be a good idea to have a 24-hour show on in Tiny Motherfucking Box. Uh, can somebody please drop some hints that the 3,000th <laughs> needs to balance their need for energy with my need for not being stuck in my neighbor's armpit? Yeah, I uh, can't believe they were talking about what a great space the I mean, goth club was re- to have. Re-bar- now, the, yeah. let's be clear. It's a gay bar that one night a week becomes a goth club. Right. Well, whatever. I, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. Have, TM, it's fine. But we need a bigger space. We do. We have fun, but it was like we were all smushed on, you know, folding chairs, like card table folding chairs that mm-hmm. it, it was not an appropriate. They don't need to have they don't need to have it in, you know, a place that fits 50 people or a place that fits 5000 people. Like there is something in between. There's a lot of places in between. It's right. just odd. something with yeah. actual seating. Yes. And actually, the Neptune was kind of great. Um is it, it Mafio? I always get nervous when I see the spelling of that name. Uh, this, a preemptive throw your phone. Luke mentioned <laughs> in the intro that he has a hot take on Marie Kondo, and I just know that his light phone buying dude is about to make some wild statements about buying less stuff. <laughs> that was the best. So right. Delighted me. I was so excited because <laughs> it was while I was listening, and I was like, yes, yes, you're right. Uh, listener Sam, yours is very long. Uh, it's it's more condo stuff. Um, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna gloss over that. There's a mention about when Luke uh, said during his sobriety show that he was now realizing how his tales of imbibing may have been uh, tough for those struggling with alcohol. I hoped maybe he'd begin turning the ship around sympathy wise. Uh, there's a lot tied up in there. Um, I did like that Sam mentioned uh, throwing the phone into a volcano. I thought that was dramatic. <laughs> Uh, also want to point out that uh, the authors at whom he was throwing shade are all women who cashed in on something Luke would have gladly monetized, just saying. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. It's, it's weird how it works like that. I made sure not to skip over that part. <laughs> Listener Catherine, um, Luke doesn't get Marie Kondo because uh, a lot is relationship. Couples uh, need uh, or the memories of deceased husband need to come to terms with the system together. Luke just throws Carrie's stuff out, so the work of agreement isn't there. What I love about the show Shay. <laughs> was the cultural variety of couples and what brought them to their cluttered place. Uh, parenthetically, downsizing, empty nester, uh, widowhood, young kids, moving in together, blah, blah, blah. I haven't actually watched it yet, but I know that there was some effort to do that. Um <laughs> Parenthetically, then, sorry, my throw your phone last week ended weird. I was trying to post with my toddler around. He won the phone fight. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, we thought you were from... just drunk, Catherine. <laughs> second throw from Mafia, quote, are there different types of math? <laughs> <laughs> and Justina, Luke Burbank, stop naming maths. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and you're the... You're the most qualified of the three of mm-hmm. us to explain. Uh, are there different kinds of math? Well, there are a few. Thousand, million. That's all. Was this the show where he talked about where he did the college math story again? Or was that later in the week where he said he had to take a quantitative course and so he chose logic because he thought it would be easy? I think that was Monday. Yeah, yep. it was Monday. And then And then he said, logic is the hardest kind of math you can take. And I was like, well. 
not really, my dude. <laughs> there are a few harder ones. <laughs> it's the hardest one you've taken. Right. One of my best friends on Earth has a PhD in math, and sometimes she'll post about things that she's worked on or studied or papers she's been involved with on Facebook, and I just... I just say to her, congratulations. I have no idea what any of these words are, <laughs> but I assume this is great. My favorite um, my favorite clip that I'll play from YouTube is there was this Barbie uh, that came out like in the 90s or something, and it like was a talking Barbie, and the Barbie said, math class is tough, and they had to pull mm-hmm. it because they were like, that's bad for girls. But anytime people just start talking about math, that's all I say. Math class is tough. <laughs> I know how to do like limited algebra and, you know, like the basics, and that's kind of my, that's my. I mean, he should it. have been able to come up with algebra. Geometry, geometry, trig, calculus, calculus, um, probability, statistics. That's just the easy ones, guys. Red statistics, all white natural statistics. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So my friend Liz, I just looked up her CV page. Uh, Her research specializes in applied topology and topological data analysis. Ooh, good. I'm, yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> uh, and I'll connect you guys later. She's also a classically trained harpist. Oh, Me too. So we have so practical. much in common. <laughs> <laughs> and that is finally it for Monday. All right. Let's move it to Tuesday, number 2815, organizing principles. Very interesting or very important to note that it's principles because they are your pals. <laughs> I still actually think that. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, your pal. Uh, Luke starts out talking about his last, well, wait, wait, don't tell me performance. And for the Bluff the Listener segment, he had a fake story that he wrote something about something that rich people in Iran do, I think. Uh, and part of his story involved how they were Scrooge McDucking it into a vault of gold doubloons and he says as he was going over this backstage with peter sagel beforehand roxanne roberts came by and listened and she didn't get the joke she was all like but it wouldn't actually work it would be so painful if you just dove onto a pile of hard coins and uh he was like oh yeah roxanne uh, that's the joke um (laughs) He makes sure to say that Roxanne is a good friend of his, but I don't actually think that he likes her very much because he has thrown a lot of shade at Roxanne over the years. Some of it stemming on because he's jealous, I think, because she plays to win on Wait, Wait and not to be funny. Because we all know that Luke has abandoned his ideas of winning his that's what he says anyway and he just wants to make a good show and it really pisses him off that Roxanne beats him all the time so I actually decided to see how true this was uh I went to the wait wait stats page thank you very much (laughs) Lynn fam boy (laughs) making things happen everywhere uh under Luke's stats he has won first place 22 percent of the time he's been on the show Whereas, let me scroll down to the R's, Roxanne has won 42.5% of the times that she has been on the show. That's 124 times she has won that show. So, Roxanne, she she comes to win, man. That's what she wants. 
Yep. Um, Luke talks a bit about the times that he has incorporated people in real life into his bluff the listener, including the time that he uh, put Andrew's cats in. Mm-hmm. And he says there was one time he put Camaro Kev into a story uh, just as a like a birthday shout out kind of. And then he found out that Camaro Kev never heard it because he doesn't listen to public radio. Apparently, he and his wife are too cool, quote unquote. To listen to public radio. I'm like, what are you talking about? Seriously, I think that's a weird... These notions of cool and uncool are ridiculous in a 42-year-old yeah. man. They do not distribute weight weight on Laserdisc. Or else maybe... <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he talks about how Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me isn't as huge as he always sort of assumes it is. There's a whole bunch of stuff about how he never wants to make any assumptions that anybody will have heard of him or know of his work or any of that. But wait, wait, don't tell me is the one thing that he sort of feels confident that he can brag about because he's not a driving factor in the show's success. And then when people actually don't know it, he's like, huh. I mean, I don't even know what to think about that. Their worries about their egos like exhaust me it's like just mention it or don't you don't have to brag i mean just say oh yeah i'm you know i do some media stuff and you know one of them is this one of them that it's fine if people don't know a lot of people don't know what commercial real estate is i'm not like oh i feel like such a loser you don't want to make any assumptions that anybody's heard of you that would be very dramatic though if that's exactly what you did when people didn't know what you do for commercial real estate uh, the next thing that Luke talks about, which is something that I found much more interesting than yeah. this old hat, uh, is that he's been thinking about his days covering Congress long ago. And he says that he wrote some pieces back in that time on Steve King, a racist congressman from Iowa. And oh, allegedly racist. <laughs> Do we have to say allegedly? <laughs> no. I mean, no. No, I he's feel pretty confident. Racist. Yeah, he's a terrible human being who should die in rotten hell. Yeah, yep. Yeah. But but now that he thinks back about it, he's sort of worrying that he contributed to, I don't know, the normalizing of Steve King's racism because he characterizes him, he says, as a quirky old coot instead of a raging racist. And he's like, sort of, oh, I don't know that I feel good about that. I was sort oh. of impressed that he, like, could retroactively, you know, see that that was kind of wrong a little bit. I I was impressed. And actually, I think about that a lot. Um, It's almost the converse thing is that I think about how now we warmly think about George W. Bush. We're like, oh, like he was just this old like Texan guy. And like he, you know, at least he kept up the norms, except that he started like two fraudulent wars that killed several, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, not just Americans, but like, you know, across the board. Um, but he's a bad guy. Like he's a, sorry, yep. he's a kind of a bad guy, yep. um, and has caused you know kind of a lot more death and destruction than I hate Donald Trump. But you know, so far, um, he was sort of the start of it. And I and now sort of sad that we're, we're like, oh, he's such a nice. guy. He and Michelle are friends. It's cute. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, he's not a good person. We're always like, remember that time he choked on a pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> remember when somebody threw a shoe at him? Oh, that was the good. Those are the good old days. Uh, not to smooth over people's faults, but I this was last weekend. Uh, Sam and I were in Boston visiting family and staying in Hampton Inn. Actually, hey. already, they should they should just sponsor this show. Yeah. Um, 
I got out of the shower and I looked over at the towels on the hooks on the wall and there were three identical white hotel towels. And oh, I had a no. brief moment where I thought, man, I wish I had a Karen Pence towel charm right now. <laughs> And then I proceeded uh, to just use one of the fucking towels because it's either me or Sam or Sam's hair. Those are the three people who used a towel. Oh, Bobby, that's that's the dark side. Don't go to the dark side. <laughs> if mine had a little a little uh, fourteen carat um, hot dog or something hanging off it, I definitely know it was mine. Oh my gosh. Uh, so then they get in a little bit, not too much, to the whole thing with Trump buying the fast food for the Clemson football team and the amazingness that was that photo. Luke, of course, has to brag about his fire Twitter spoof that he not made. That good. No, comparing Trump to an old Augustus Gloop, um, that joke doesn't work, Luke. No. It's... Not, it doesn't have anything to do with fast... I don't know. Whatever. It was a bad joke. Uh, then he talks about how Bill Oakley, the legendary writer for The Simpsons, loved fast food. And Luke is extremely amazed that liberals like fast food. <laughs> how could liberals like McDonald's? I just don't understand. It's so weird that they eat so crap. <laughs> what? I... What does he think? All liberals are just sitting around with their kale salads all the time? <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> That's his image. I mean, he's a liberal, right? He's told enough stories about fast food. I, I, it's, I don't know. I, I truly well, don't and, know. And it's pulling on some pretty pathetic stereotypes about yeah. conservatives, which, you know, leads into Southerners, more yeah. or less, mm-hmm. how they're yeah. all at their Popeyes and whatever with their the chick-fil-a and all delicious yeah (laughs) yep that was weird luke that this this woman i follow um julie uh, care she does she actually does have a cleaning podcast and a cleaning column and jezebel and she was the thing that she was most astounded by i mean besides the fast food which whatever that's a whole other thing and if obama bought brought a bunch of fast food with a clemson uh, football team he would be like impeached immediately but that's a whole other subject but she was like they have all this fast food on this table candelabras where is the tablecloth why isn't there a tablecloth down it's on this like really nice wood table and I kept looking at it I'm like ew gross like all this grease is just soaking into this probably historic table and he's like man it's fine just trash he doesn't care it's not his stuff I know hopefully Ugh. Um, they do agree that fast food is gross when it's cold. I don't think that's a controversial statement. No. And uh, Andrew did make me laugh when he observes that there was just way too much filet of fish <laughs> represented in that. Like, why would you buy that much? That many filet of fishes? That was good. And he wants to know whether you would rather have a cold filet of fish or a cold Big Mac. I'd rather have cold fries than yes. either of those. Uh, I believe it would be called fillets of fish, right? It, it's like attorneys general. I don't, fillet, I don't, I don't think it's fillet of fishes. It, that would be fillets one fillet of fishes. Because it's not fillets of one fish. It's fillets of fishes. 
That's like whenever I hear Game of Thrones, I always think it should be Games of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't watch it, but that's something I think about. All- Isn't it just one throne? Why are we talking about multiple thrones? <laughs> I don't watch it, so correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. I can't help I'm- you there. There are some sort of ancillary thrones <laughs> okay. going on there. <laughs> It's just like the Premier League. You just get relegated. If you're okay. Not good. okay, 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 I get it. Uh, um, I did. I did have. I thought I got a better photo joke off uh, with the with the Trump fast food thing because I did find one picture of him making a pouty face, and it happens to be when he's standing next to a silver pedestal full of McDonald's salads, <laughs> which is- just seemed appropriate. <laughs> Uh, top story for the day is that Luke has watched some more of the Marie Kondo stuff. And you know what? It actually makes some sense, guys. <laughs> That's what happens when you watch more than one episode, Luke. Um, he says that Andrew really should watch it. He thinks Andrew will <laughs> get off. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he probably will on watching it. Uh, Andrew's weird. He says that he will agree to watch it, but only for work because they're discussing it on TBTL. He will take some hours out of his work day and watch it. And I just think this is such bullshit. I, writing Netflix off on your taxes because once or twice a year you guys talk about some show that one of you watched once or twice. That is some shady, shady behavior. When he's such watch a it, kind of it. snotty about it, like me, mm, I much. I mean, I actually thought Luke made a good point. He was like, "Listen, just watch it when you're doing work stuff. Like this is a part of your work. So, if, uh, you know, if your allotted time is ten to three or whatever. Then watch some of it." it he's like, "I don't watch reality shows. It's <laughs> just watch an hour of it. I can't imagine that it's going to take that much time out of your day." Well, and frankly, they better be done discussing this. There's no reason for Andrew to watch it now because they discussed it before he watched it. Yeah. Which is frankly the way he likes to do it. So (laughs) don't waste your time. And Uh, unfortunately, there's nowhere for you to file your rage because any of the appropriate auditors at the IRS you could talk to are currently trying to repair (laughs) things in their apartment to pay their rent. God damn it. I have a hot tip (laughs) on a tax cheat. (laughs) Um, so Luke has decided he doesn't need as much stuff because of this. He started organizing his closet at 11.30 p.m. after watching a bunch of Marie Kondo episodes. Uh, he threw out his backup underwear. I was very prepared to be grossed out by this, but when he explained the underwear scarcity of his childhood, I mean, I know they were poor, but the idea that Susie bought all their underwear used at rummage sales. Like Luke never had a new pair of underwear until he was in college. That's some tough stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. man. No wonder he hangs onto it. Yeah. And it explains his, I mean, as much as it irritates me of him being kind of a scold, it explains his super possessor ways. Cause that's a, that is tough. Yep. It does. Mm -hmm. Um, Andrew then says that he does regret throwing out some sentimental stuff. That's the problem with this is that you go through and you purge and you throw it all away and then down the road you miss it, which, you know, is the 
key theory from this KonMari stuff is that you're supposed to hold an item and see if it sparks joy. And if it sparks joy, you keep it, Andrew. And then you don't have to worry about missing it later on down the road. I don't know. I don't mean to sound so dismissive about this. Marie Kondo stuff is not for me just because I'm naturally this way. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so stupid, but I'm so anti-clutter and I'm so tidy that this this is not a problem. I don't um, purchase things in order to fill the emotional hole inside me. I use food for that. Thank you very much. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so... I I understand that people have that problem. I just think that Luke and Andrew talking about this is sort of weird and hypocritical. Um, but Andrew does regret throwing out his bootleg wait, wait, don't tell me tapes. <laughs> I will not judge. I will not judge. I will not judge what other people care about. An old camera that he had, the one that he did give to attend, they talk about... Um, throwing away old clothes. He thinks that clothes that no longer fit you are really difficult to get rid of. And uh, I will co-sign that one. But I don't think because of the clothes, I think because you really wish that you weren't fat and hope for a time that you Mm -hmm. will be thin again and able to wear those clothes. Um, Luke counsels keeping them, you know, because maybe you will get then again and uh, Andrew reveals that he actually lost weight back in LA so some of the clothes are from that time um, but he was miserable so he was miserable but thinner but I mean we all knew that he was miserable I'm yeah. so happy he doesn't have that job anymore I know it sounded I mean it was a big deal job when he got it but man it did not suit his personality at all it is not right for him and I'm glad nope. he was able to leave it. And L.A. was also not for him. So I'm glad. No, nope, that wasn't his city. Him. No. And then Luke has a whole thing about how, you know, he's really not sentimental about his purchases. He doesn't have a problem with throwing stuff away. Oh, except he'll never throw away any of his old TBTL T-shirts <laughs> because of what they represent. Well, sure. Artists, yeah. Okay. I still have the one from, I don't know, it was like right when I started listening and it's them kind of kung fu fighting jen and sean and luke uh and it has several holes in it but i will i will keep that one but i think i threw away the uh um uh, what was the cat's name the what were, i didn't like that t-shirt Pagoda. Was gonna, yeah it was the Pagoda one i didn't like it because i don't want to see a cat's underlings i don't need to see all that <laughs> so it was not my favorite but uh but the original one i do still have that here's my real-time confession i hate all the tbgl t-shirts i think they're all ugly uh, you're probably not wrong. I wore that one so much to work out in that I have like, it's really soft. So I kind of, and Jen's on it. So I kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I feel feelings towards that. But every other one I've, I haven't like. That's the only one that I kind of enjoy. All right. Um, moving on. Hopefully never to talk about Marie Kondo again. <laughs> not that I have anything against her. I just don't like them talking about her. Uh, voicemail from an anonymous listener who had what he characterizes as an Andrew moment in the restroom where he thought he was alone. And so he was at the urinal and he put his hands on his head and let everything swing free as it might, I guess, (laughs) and made a weird noise that I will not attempt to replicate because I couldn't (laughs) even begin to do it. And then realized that there was somebody else in there and was super embarrassed And this is where the show really goes off the rails because Luke decides to share on the subject of peeing 
that he might have to become an aisle seat guy on the plane because he had to pee so many times on the flight home from Chicago. I couldn't tell exactly how many. I think it must have been three. I can't see it being more than three, but it seemed to be more than two. So, but it was very disruptive to both of his seatmates because they had multiple devices plugged in and he had to ask them to get up multiple times and it was a bad scene all around. Andrew says that he's learned as he gets older that he just he can't hold it as long as he used to. Plus, sometimes he feels the urge. He gets up, he goes, he pees, and there's not really a lot there. It's not as urgent as he thought it was by the sensations. And Luke says he thinks that his prostate is enlarging as he gets older. I'm going to take it to the through your phones at this point. From Diana, prostate talk. Not the first time. I can't. God bless the saint covering this episode because I'm done listening today. You are a saint. Oh, I hear you. And from Anne, this is in all caps, alcohol is dehydrating. This is science. These are facts. I know what you're trying to say here, Anne, is that because Luke has not had five gin and tonics on the plane... That he is not retaining water anymore? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Maybe. It doesn't um, help that he's replaced it all with vegetables. Right. <laughs> he also mentioned that his weight has been going up despite this new vegetable-based diet. I mean, we called it on a previous recap. It doesn't bring me any pleasure. But when he started saying, I'm just going to, you know, eat kind of healthfully and relax a little bit. And if I want a burger without meat, I'll have a burger without meat. I mean, I knew where that was headed. So absolutely. Yep. I hope he achieves some balance there. Then he talks for really too, too much more time about peeing on the plane. And they decide that our bodies are a wonderland that will always let us know well in advance when they have to pee before it gets desperate. Oh, my God. And that was enough of that. <laughs> All right. On to Wednesday. Uh, 2816. More like Bornder-snarch. Okay. I didn't even do that justice. Um, okay. So we get off to a start. Um, Andrew has a dream. Uh, so we play the dream catcher music. Mike's absolute favorite. Um, and then Luke mm-hmm. admits that he likes dream talk because of that New Yorker article that he talked about. Like... He used to think dreams were just, you know, extraneous pieces of matter in your brain. But, like, now he thinks it's, you know, real stuff that your brain is trying to work out. Whatever. Nobody, still, I like, I kind of knew that it's stuff that your brain is trying to work out. Regardless, nobody wants to hear another person's dream. However, <laughs> we hear Andrew's dream, which it's fine. It's uh, Andrew is opening, like, doing an opening, uh, you know, tight five for Hari Kondabolu. Uh, a 10-minute opener, I'm sorry. Uh, but he didn't prep. Um, but he wasn't stressed, which LOL. I mean, are you kidding me? If, if Andrew was doing that, he would be like furiously sweating. I would too. I would be like, I forgot to prep. I mean, this is like a math class dream where you go mm-hmm. to the math class, you haven't been attending it. And all of a sudden you're there for the final and you're like, what do I do? Like, I can't make this up. It's not something I can just do on the fly. But, um, anyway, he has a joke that, um, apparently, 
one Miss Phyllis Fletcher knows this joke. I don't think she uh, like has told us, but she knows the joke that he actually had in this dream and he thinks is really good, but he doesn't have a pencil to write it down. Uh, so it kind of like all goes to hell. Um, and I, no, and you, you asked know, Phyllis what the joke was. I did. And she and was she, busy. And she, she was said, like, I'll oh, get back to you. And she never did. I didn't follow up either. And she was like, it was really good. So hmm, we'll see. I'm, I'll be the judge of that. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like I have those dreams all the time. Just like not being prepared. My dream is less. I mean, I do have the math class one. Mine is always, I get to the airport and I'm supposed to be going wherever to someplace foreign. Like it has to always be someplace where I need a passport and somebody in my family, whether it be me or one of my kids or Dave, we we don't have the passport. So I have to go back and it's like, I almost, I'm nervous, but I'm going to make it. But there's always just like one little hurdle in my way of getting like accomplished. And it's like, I'm excited for whatever I'm doing, but I just can't get like past all the hurdles. Anyway, I, it's, that is really stressful. And I, at some point read what it meant, you know, in some hippy dippy dream journal. And it was like, you know, you're about to venture on to something new and you're not, you don't feel ready for it. Sure. 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 I mean, it sounds right, I guess. <laughs> um, the thing that I thought was really interesting, cause Luke, I, I have this opinion that Luke has seemed very, um, not very, he's seemed a little bit antagonistic towards Andrew. Like, Anything Andrew says, he'll challenge him in a way that seems kind of snotty to me. And also, he doesn't let Andrew talk whenever he's going on a riff about food or, you know, Uh. ownership or whatever. Andrew's just silently sitting there. Yeah, it's super frustrating. But so he was saying, oh, you would die before you would ever do any stand up. I mean, oh, my gosh. And Andrew was like, no, I mean, you know, it's not like my dream, but I think I would do it. And I actually think, you know, Andrew was on, had his own radio show. It's, it That's different than standing up in front of an audience. But he's not like so private that he couldn't do it. But I thought it was funny that Andrew said he would rather do stand up uh, and as opposed to going on a hot air balloon. <laughs> and I actually I believe it. Yeah. Because I think that really, I mean, I think Andrew would rather do stand up than eat a spoonful of mayonnaise. Like I think that that <laughs> it is definitely his, his or cottage cheese or something like that. Like that is his, he would rather do that than any of those. Cause that, that's more of a fear. I think he would be scared doing stand up as most people would. But I think he would, he could probably do it as, as long as he was prepared. Uh, I smell right. a, he, a creamy condiment uh, pop culture challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can take, I mean, I can take it. Now, every way I'm going to say it is going to sound dirty, but I like a creamy condiment. <laughs> uh, right. Dave, don't get any ideas. <laughs> uh, love you, Jen. Nailed it. <laughs> We're done. Let's go. Good night. Good night, Bahamas. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. But wait, before we move on, I did decide what my dream for 2019 is going to be. This is what I want if I get one wish in the world. It's that Andrew Walsh be allowed to finish a sentence. So what <sighs> I want. He never can. And I don't usually notice it. And for some reason... I was primed for it, and wow, it was a lot. It was either he was interrupted or he was silent for such large portions of it. It was the Luke show with an extremely quiet sidekick. 
mm-hmm. off to the side. It's been terrible. It really has. The this. I mean, I'm happy for Luke's sobriety, but Lord in heaven. Um, okay. This this part of the narrative, I don't know if I was like not paying attention, but Andrew was talking about. Maybe Andrew shouldn't talk because I was not paying attention to what he was talking about. <laughs> but, uh, he was talking about somebody who follows on Twitter who has a wide variety of followers that he was really amazed by. And I get it. Like I, my, my um, Twitter following is pretty self, you know, it's just my little self-selected circle of people that pretty much say the same thing. But, but then he was following some, or he looked at some porn ish person or I couldn't, Anyway, I couldn't really decipher it because I, I guess dipped out. But it was interesting, and Luke ha- well, Luke was right. I mean, they were talking about Backpage. I guess that was how uh, sex workers would um, advertise. And then with the advent or the passage of SESTA, and then there was another portion of it that I can't remember what it was called. It's closed it down, um, so people have to go offline, and it's a little bit more uh, like seedy. It's like, it's like when you make all drugs illegal, then it goes underground somehow. And so I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, I guess that they had good intentions, but it, the, the, uh, actual, you know, it, it hasn't accomplished anything. It's made it way more underground and negative. So anyway, I, well, that was the, I mean, if, if it puts a halt to the child trafficking yes. and child yeah. pornography, yeah. I consider that a plus, but for sure. Y- yeah. Unintended consequences, I guess. Uh, no. Opinions vary. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I mean, I wasn't listening much more closely than you were, but I think <laughs> Andrew was just amazed that there was somebody who was following all kinds of media people and all kinds of politicians, everybody in the political so. sphere, and porn stars. It was amazing. Listen, I follow Megan McCain. That's my, like, toe dip into conservative circles but it's a total hate follow because I hate her I think she's so annoying but I follow her because I I want to count how many times she has to say as John McCain's daughter I don't and I'm like oh I hate you so much anyway but I mean I guess that's good to widen your you know circle of influence but I don't know some people are just wrong um and then get into Venmo talk. Uh, Andrew doesn't have Venmo. And he says it's because he and um, Genevieve has a jo- have a joint account. Dave and I have a joint account. It's not ever been a problem. There, it's I that He's wrong about that. I just think that he hasn't set it up. I, I I'm have, sorry. You don't have the cash app? We're not I, using no. <laughs> any other payment apps anymore, <laughs> no, Hillary. So, uh, listen, all the millennials in my office have Venmo. They buy me coffees and I pay them back on Venmo. That's what I use. <laughs> They do not have It's like you don't even listen to Pod Save America. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Love it. Tommy, you're so cute. I don't have the cash app. I have uh, Venmo. Um, (laughs) The the one note I I had in this, because they're talking about how you can see what other people are buying, and I get so much joy. I mean, you can't see how much they're spending, but I love kind of, I don't think about it that much, but when you can scroll through, I find that mostly it's people splitting tabs or, you know, baby mom's paying babysitters or something like it's something as simple as that but you know i am the living embodiment of the eyeballs emoji so i'm always excited to like peek into um somebody else's business so i like it um and you know you can set it on private i don't really care and i usually most people do fake stuff like 
I used to write my friend Emily would always buy me a soy latte because that's my drink of choice at Starbucks. So I would always write the lyrics to train songs because they mention a soy latte in one of their songs. And it's so I hate that song. (laughs) (laughs) So I would just like anytime she would buy it, it was like, it didn't even matter. It wasn't even that song. It was like meet Virginia or something like that. Or like, Hey soul sister. Um, but my only note to that is they just sound so old, which I sound old all the time, but Venmo slash the cash app or whatever, that's just the way that young people function. And, you know, they're right until you can, it probably wasn't until I was deep into my thirties when I could say, oh, we'll cover this and or whatever. We'll get dinner this time. Y'all get dinner next time. I just, it's, it comes so late uh, in your twenties. You really just, I don't know. It's tough to do that. Well, and Bobby, you were... The- they don't have cash. Nobody no, has exactly. cash anymore. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It is really nice. I mean, when I do have a babysitter that takes Venmo, I'm like, yes. I don't have to get out, you know, exactly a certain amount of dollars. Uh, but, Bobby, I was thinking about when you were talking about go- in New York where y'all left too much cash. I remember the days when I was, you know, 23 years old and people are sitting there with their calculators and saying or whatever, doing the math on the back page of the check and they give you exactly how much they owe without like the tax or any, or maybe with the tax but with no tip and you're just struggling yep. like please yep. so at least with Venmo it's a little bit I, I don't know I feel like it makes it a little bit easier so people aren't struggling to come up with an extra five um uh, then, I have I, I have I, one oh. friend who's very loyal to the Bank of America Zelle app I and mean, it is the it is the zune of cash management. <laughs> Stop trying to make Zell happen. It's not going to happen. Oh my gosh! Um, then they, I again, I like, I don't know. I really was paying attention, but it was like they hopped into this talking about Cheers. Oh, I know why. Because sorry, I Andrew follows this Twitter feed, and they produce like different things from the 80s and 90s that he finds very charming and they do they produce some of the cheers and jeers from the tv guides of your uh this really tapped into one of my like favorite things to do as a kid we didn't get tv guide tv guide was like i don't know if it was too big city or what we did not get it but as they talked about it we you know in the local newspaper in the dallas morning news they had the local listings and I, I don't even know if they do that anymore because I don't know if it's applicable I used to go through it and I would highlight what I wanted to watch because I was such a little TV addict <laughs> and then I would look back in the movies because they would play like they would list what movies were going to be playing on the various channels like actual movies not just TV shows and I would highlight the or circle the ones that I wanted um Every week, it was like the high. I would read, but you know, my parents would be going through all the newspapers, and I would get the the local TV guide and parade. That was like my part of the newspaper that I read because you know it's not very challenging. <laughs> um, you have to and, read parade, obviously. I need to hear what you know, Marilyn Vosavant has to quiz us about. <laughs> I I actually. I have a parade magazine. I have a relevant parade magazine mention. Um, so we get the Sunday paper. And I can tell that Sam has been home bored when she starts sending me um, pictures of things in Parade Magazine because it means she's had time to read Parade Magazine. <laughs> and she sent me a picture that actually I think is perfect for Mike. I want to order this for him. It's from the you know the shit that's on sale in the back. 
Sir Ruff handcrafted doxy is forever loyal, and it's a it's it's a dachshund in a full coat of armor. <laughs> Do uh, right. shown, shown smaller than approximate size of four and a half inches long. Um, Maybe we can make Sir Ruff the show picture today. Yeah, let's do it. I don't know how much it is. It sends send no money now. Whoa. <laughs> so, uh, Sir Ruff. Uh, yeah. So I know when I'm not home for more than a couple of days, Sam starts doing things like reading Parade Magazine. I loved it. I loved the questions at the beginning. And I always wondered, like, I always wanted to write in, like, what is, you know, God, the Michael J. Fox up to these days. <laughs> and it's always like, as a matter of a fact, he has a new TV show that's coming out on ABC. And I'm like, that's such a coincidence. I can't believe they were asking that question. <laughs> not knowing that probably it was not a real question. But um, I loved, I, I did read Cheers and Jeers when it was, at, I was at somebody's house that got a TV guide. And it actually really reminds me of, I think there's a Seinfeld episode based around the TV guide. Like I think George's family like saved TV guides like they they had like a collection um so I really really appreciated that it it charmed me um Luke's going to Atlanta will he make it obviously spoiler alert um I think actually I wasn't as nervous if he was gonna make it it's more as if he's able to leave Atlanta because it Mm -hmm. is like the TSA is really crazy obviously going in it's not that is not going to affect you, but it's, I, you know, as Bobby knows, it's just kind of a shit show right now there. So mm-hmm. TBD, I mean, I think he, he escaped probably the weather, but uh, I've heard that the lines, it was like, it was like 80 minutes for TSA pre-check or something crazy. So anyway, good luck. Um, and it's th- legitimately the biggest it's huge. airport that I've been to in the United States. I guess when I went through Amsterdam, that was fucking enormous, yeah. but up until that point, the Atlanta airport is just gigantic. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Um and you know, the TSA agents like aren't getting paid. So that that's another well, there's thing that. that's seen. I mean, Jesus Christ. I will um, say when I when I flew to New York the other day, going through Buffalo, which is usually a pretty mellow airport unless you catch it right at that moment with all the families are showing up for flights to Disney. Um it was pretty quiet, and the TSA agents were, were friendly and in a good mood, but they were also just having a constant uh, – a running personal conversation, and they were barely doing their jobs. So I don't, I don't know what that says about the security of America. I happened oh. to see the x-ray of my suitcase go through, and my microphone uh, was tucked into one of my shoes, and it looks like a cross of a bomb or a sex toy. And I always wonder when I put the microphone through if they're ever going to stop and check. And once in a while they do. But this time, I don't even think she was looking at it. It just kept going. The conveyor belt just kept going. I mean, listen, if I were them, I'd be like, I'm just here to be a body, but I'm not working hard. Yep. It was fine by me. I thanked them for being there. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. whatever. They get a ton of a ton of shit anyway. Um, okay. There's a voicemail about how Lou talking about Irma Bombeck held it was a crossword clue and she didn't know about it and you know, TBTL is helpers for the crossword. Um Andrew decided he likes squeeze, but he was expecting to hear from Stu about squeeze, which I'm sure Stu I mean that's definitely in his like from what I understand. Um, Stu's taste is that definitely lines up. He's like very much like a replacements kind of guy. I think that's that's seeming to be his his taste. Um, mm. 
uh, how, oh, and then I just was like annoyed. Like, how does Andrew not know about this? And then finally he realized he knows about Tempted. It's such a good song, which it is. Uh, then they kind of get into embarrassing bands to like, and Luke uh, admits that Coldplay is sort of his embarrassing band. My embarrassing band is I, and I think what happens is you associate something with like a time and place. I loved John Mayer's first album. I still, I I know he's like a dirtbag, but I loved it. It's a great it. album. It's a really good album, and I had a disc man, and I uh, lived in the Bay Area. I had just graduated from college, so it was like right in that. You know, he, like, you know, quarter-life crisis. Like, I wasn't quite 25, but I was thereabouts. And I would listen to it on my disc man on the way, on my hour-and-a-half commute to South San Francisco. And I was like, he understands me. And I still, even though I know he's a dirtbag and probably has, you know, a thousand venereal diseases, I still think he's really cute and, like, have a thing for him. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, I, like, <laughs> you're like, I have lost that. <laughs> I never thought he was cute, but I liked his music. Oh, it's good. There's a song called Three by Five, which is somewhat dated, but actually you could kind of use it. You could make it work today. And I loved it. I listened to it on repeat. Um, anyway, and then they ended up not actually talking about Bandersnatch. So that's why they named uh, the uh, show Born Snatch because they wanted to trick people. So anyway, that's the... Oh, I'm sorry. I did not read the Throw Your Phone. There is one for Wednesday. It's from Justina, um, you know, an A-plus wagoneer. She says, I'm enjoying the focus on Squeeze this week. I've been to very few rock pop concerts in my life, but one of them was Squeeze. They played at my nerd college, uh, and my friend, who is the first and probably only art history graduate of MIT, dragged me to see them. Good memories. Oh. I bet that's a fun show. Totally. Totally. All right. That's Wednesday. MIT has a pretty robust arts department. So honestly, probably lots of art history nerds getting turned out. <laughs> uh, and I would have had that even a little faster, except I was too busy looking at the track listing for Room for Squares. I think I know every song on that album. Oh, it's so good. I was in high school. I don't like your body dating... as a wonderland, though. That is. A... Oh, no. No. I hate that song. Time. A bubblegum tongue. Oh, disgusting. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's skip. It's track four, I think. And I'd be like, bye. Goodbye. It is track four. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I had a high school. I had a girlfriend through all of high school. So, of course, I know this album really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I know that we saw John Mayer and the Counting Crows on a double bill. I mean, listen. So. That's some, that's some good stuff. Uh, let's do Thursday, twenty eight seventeen. It's Jelly O'Clock somewhere. Uh, Luke is in Atlanta, the city too busy to hate. All right. Uh, and he is bragging about his Waffle House name tag, which yeah. is pretty great. I'm jealous. Um, I put tag in quotes because I used to work with someone. I think it was someone I worked with who would always correct. If you said name tag, she would stop and say name badge. Animals wear tags. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Words can have multiple meanings. Yes. That's like I used to say I'm going to go pluck my eyebrows. This was the 90s when that was like a thing that you did a lot of. And my friend would say, you don't you, you pluck chickens. You tweeze eyebrows. And I was like, you know what I'm saying? Give me a break. Uh, more TSA shutdown talk, and Luke talks about the first ever time he went on a business trip going to New Orleans for the morning radio zoo whatever 
uh, conference and not fully understanding how travel budgets and plane tickets work when you're going for work. Sweet little naive Lucals. That's really cute. I think by the time I was working anywhere where I got to do anything with expenses, I was immediately trying to figure out who had a company credit card that I could take to take care of everything. (laughs) Well, I do feel like businesses, I remember when Dave took a trip one time and they, what they try to do a lot of times is say, oh, you pay for it and then we'll pay you back. And it was a time in our lives where that was not, you know. Mm-hmm. A good thing. It was, you know, we were living definitely paycheck to paycheck. And I, I fought back. I said, no, you need to tell them that they have to pay for it. They need to pay for it because yeah. we cannot wait those two months or whatever, however long it takes to pay back. I'm a little insulated now with Sam with like going to meetings and things. She gets reimbursed. Yeah. And uh, we actually don't mind that because it's all a credit card miles game now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like. Um, even like this trip to Atlanta, I was ta- or no, uh, Sam booked a trip to San Diego for a conference and she booked a JetBlue, uh, airline and hotel package situation. So we got six times the points on the whole thing. She got enough points on that, that I'll get like three f- free work flights out of it. Wow. Um, nice. and she'll get reimbursed. So that's great. I mean, it'll be on JetBlue and they hate me now, but that's okay uh, <laughs> because it's free. I'll always fly them when it's free. Yeah. Um, but uh, with Viva, like, I just – I have the company credit card in my name now, so now I'm spoiled. <laughs> like, I don't have to think about it at all. Uh, but anyway, nobody cares about that. <laughs> um, top story, Luke's in Atlanta. He worked a shift at the Waffle House. They taught him how to uh, to mark the plates with the right amounts of food or butter pats or jelly containers to tell the line chefs what to do. With the different plates. I like Waffle House a lot. This may be the saddest part about me not going to Atlanta this weekend. I was probably going to have like two hours of free time and I was probably going to spend it in a Waffle House. Oh, no. You were all primed for the Waffle House. Yeah. I mean, I'm in New York. I'm sure I can find waffles, but they won't be Waffle House waffles. (laughs) No, no. And in fact, the waffles aren't even the best part of Waffle House. It's the greasy eggs and the hash browns and all the stuff. Yeah. Hash browns. Yeah. Uh, They talk about the Waffle House Index. And the strike teams of Waffle House employees that go to reopen Waffle Houses after natural disasters roll through, um, which is actually really awesome. It's always great to have a place to rally um, and make sure that everybody gets fed. And this is just like how once in a while you hear about a Chick-fil-A making a special dispensation to open on a Sunday to feed people after a hurricane. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not giving any love for Chick-fil-A. I, I, I just, <laughs> you know, contextually speaking. Yes. Um. And then he goes on about the uh, jam placement on the plate and how all that works to talk about how the eggs are cooked and things like that. It is actually fascinating, uh, but I don't know that there's anything to rehash there. No. Um, Rehash. (laughs) Oh, that was an accident. It's very late. Um, He talked about uh, one guy he worked with who's in the Million Dollar Club and has the shirt to prove it because he has prepared more than a million dollars worth of Waffle House food. Dang. That's impressive at like six bucks a plate. I was going to say, Wawa is cheap. Like, it's still pretty cheap. Uh, Luke fucked up everything. (laughs) Uh, Full disclosure for listeners, I usually sort of summarize my notes and then put them into the spreadsheet, and I forgot to do that for Thursday, so I put my full unedited notes in, and I literally just wrote, Luke fucked up everything. Um, He references this thing that Anthony Bourdain apparently used to say before shooting a project 
like every day, would just come in and say, this is going to be great. It's a nice little Stuart Smalley moment. <laughs> uh, let's see. Luke um, has feelings about having to perform. You know, as they're shooting this thing for CBS Sunday morning, he's got to be loud and over the top and do things that they can pull out for sound bites and promos. And um, he thinks he's just coming off like an asshole, probably because in the moment he is. Um, but, you know. The folks at CBS Sunday Morning are TV wizards. They'll figure it out. Sure. You got to do what you got to do for the TV gods. Exactly. Um, Chasing people down in airports is awkward. That's not a story. That's just a thing. (laughs) Then we get to talking about Bandersnatch, which apparently is baffling a lot of people who don't know the Jabberwocky poem. Mm. Um, I can't recite it now. I know I had to do it in high school. I don't think I can remember any of it now, except I know that Bandersnatch is in it. Uh, this Black Mirror spinoff thing, apparently causing a lawsuit to be triggered by the Choose Your Own Adventure people because they don't like being associated with it. But as the guys noted, I think they do like being associated with it, and it's just an excuse for them to be in the zeitgeist. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I guess I never really even registered that Choose Your Own Adventure was a company. I just thought it was a concept. I didn't realize it was a branded concept. Yeah, it's the Kleenex of keeping kids mildly entertained before the internet. (laughs) So I think they've probably lost the battle on that one already. Yeah, I have to think so. Um, Andrew actually watched some of um, this and was unimpressed. And he said he's watched some of the Black Mirror stuff. I've never seen any of it, so... I don't know. I, I'm so far behind on prestige television. I'm still marathoning Parks and Rec. Oh, Black Mirror is too weird and creepy for me. I started watching the very first one. And uh, it's not a spoiler to say it's a story about a rich heiress or something who gets kidnapped. And the ransom demand is that they will kill her unless the prime minister of England fucks a pig on live TV. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm out. I only watch the ones that are like guaranteed... I mean, they're all creepy, but they're guaranteed sort of not like that. Like, I'm like, I can't, my brain can't go there. So I watched one about a dating app, which was cute. I mean, it was interesting. I mean, they're doing interesting stuff, but it's not necessarily for me. Uh, As Luke said, I want to watch TV that asks the absolute least of me. Amen. I completely agree with him. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is my NCIS time or... Whatever Food Network time. Although I have to say, even Food Network's gotten to the point where it's not <laughs> so much of it's not good. Um, I I really want to watch uh, Roma, the uh, Alfonso Cuarón movie that is playing in theaters, but it is easier to get on Netflix. But the problem is, is when I watch TV at home or Netflix or whatever, I really like to two screen it, which I know is not optimum. I can't do that with Roma. I mean, I speak okay amount of Spanish, but I need to read the subtitles, so I really need to focus, and it's very challenging for me. (laughs) They talk about how Netflix re-upped a massive payment to keep friends on Netflix because it's like one of the most popular things that they have ever. I absolutely get that. Friends is absolute... Well, I mean, how many times now... uh, Mike was now recently watching it in the middle of the night, and this is all right. Phyllis's fault because she likes to watch Friends in the middle of the night. And I'll wake up in the morning, and our group chat will just be full of play-by-play Friends commentary from Phyllis being stuck in a hotel room in Olympia or something. Right. Yep. Uh, and 
Uh, Andrew uh, mentions, and I think this has come up before, a colleague of his who got busted for downloading NCIS. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why? Well, but this is a serious point. Of all the different shows that are out there, uh, CBS has done a really good job of holding on to their properties. And so if you want to watch old NCIS and you don't have them on DVD or or backed up somewhere like a DVR – you actually have to download the CBS All app, Access app and pay the monthly charge for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, now that we have the the world of fancy cable, we didn't have that until we got the new house. So fairly recently, we can now go back and watch them like backlogged on demand on CBS for a few months or something. But if you want to watch you know, some classic season four NCIS and you don't own it and there doesn't happen to be a, a USA Network marathon of it on, you, you have to pay for it. S-O-L. <laughs> I was 23 years old. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Ziva's just coming into her swing probably around then, so. <laughs> the one person at NCIS that I hate is the, like, goth nerd. I, she makes me crazy. I think she's off of it now, if it's still oh, going Hillary, on. Hillary, those are fighting words <laughs> to I, NCIS fans. Not, I'm sorry. I don't like her. Dave knows. Dave is an NCIS fan, and I do not like her. I think she's a dork, and she's sort of a dork in real life, and she bugs me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is gone now, so she was she was smoothly replaced, and that's one of the fun things about watching NCIS now. You see a character come in, and you think, oh, who are they replacing? Yeah. Who are they being written in in two episodes to very quickly swap out for someone? Because the show's just been on for so long. Yeah. Like, it's amazing they haven't lost more of their people. This is just like The West Wing by season five when you're watching The West Wing and you're like, wouldn't that person have been promoted by now? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't they have yeah. gone on to a better job? Like, she's still his assistant? <laughs> Seriously. He sexually harasses she her loves all the time. Him. Yes. Okay, that's a very specific example, yeah. But uh, uh, we do Blair's Day messages, and normally I don't take any date, any notes here, but I did take a note of somebody wishing a happy birthday to their five, Freya, who apparently came out of, was this the doctor's office, <laughs> declaring to the room, I'm a shake dancer, I do the hoochie cooch. Good girl. Uh, and Luke reminds everyone that you're welcome to declare TBTL bankruptcy. <sighs> S- somebody's birthday is mentioned, but with a note that that she won't hear it for a long time because she's way behind. I think it was a woman, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing, on the I mean, they can't there. throw us a bone. I mean, They can't be are, like, hey, guys, we, or you could just go and listen to LRB and catch up. We are doing them a goddamn favor. They can just listen to us. Catch them up. <sighs> My last note was that apparently the guys who wrote a bunch of Waffle House parody songs back when also wrote the WKRP in Cincinnati theme song which the guys then go out with. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. (laughs) I thought that was a poor choice for an outro song. And I have nothing against WKRP, but come on. A poor choice for an outro song, but a good choice for a theme song. So I probably call it a wash. All right. With that, let's head into Friday, 2818 from dusk till yawn. Hot off the presses, fresh in our minds. Uh, Luke says that uh, he comes in with his hot take that working in corporate America involves so much jargon that listening to people talk just might as well be gibberish. I mean, I'm going to leave that in the parking lot and come back around to it later. (laughs) Put that in your type five, Luke, because (laughs) that is a hot take right there. (laughs) 
Um, they talk some more about Addie's Spotify account where Luke is getting all his like cool new jams. And he figured out that she's not actually sharing anything from him. Spotify has not realized that she is his flesh and blood and genetic material and is magically finding him to share her playlist. It's just that she's still logged into the Sonos on their house. And so that's how he's getting all her music. He says that he is in the dusk of knowing cool music or really cool anything. Um, And he is getting to the point where he has anxiety over music for your weekend because he wants to bring something cool. Listen, you just have to make it cooler than Andrew. And that's a low bar. (laughs) You're fine. And then he just takes complete credit for her taste because he raised her. He imprinted her and developed her music tastes. I don't know. I might give him 50% on that one i mean i don't think this my parents is... imprinted my music taste that much also not to be rude to luke and i know that he was an important part of her life her last name is sandstrom so like she took another last name so there was another part of her life that maybe her mother was not as like cool and hip as luke is but she did play a part of her life a very important one well i mean small right <laughs> <laughs> She only had, you know, major custody. Um, Luke asks Andrew about his plans for the weekend. And he says, quote, I have a dinner party in Burien, unquote, which is pretty much the worst thing that Andrew could ever imagine having, uh, except that it's at a good friend of his house and it's Mexican themed, which would normally raise all kinds of gross flags for Andrew, but it's Pizzol, so he hopes that he'll be able to eat that. I'm sure we'll find out on Monday how that went. I was really hoping that it was at the Denny's with Bean Baxter. (laughs) Because if if you're going to have a meal in Burien, I feel like that's the right choice. Absolutely. Uh, They talked about Waffle House some more, because I guess one day wasn't enough. It Uh, apparently gets name checked in a lot of hip hop and rap songs because it is such an important cultural landmark, I guess for the South. Uh, But oftentimes the song is just too racy or too explicit. So waffle house can't acknowledge it or do anything with it or, you know, put it in the waffle house jukebox. I mean, unless you got the kids pop version, (laughs) I'll look for it. it. (laughs) Uh, As part of Luke's ongoing um, CBS Sunday Morning Story, they went last night for the overnight shift at a Waffle House that's next to where they were holding the inauguration ball for new governor of Georgia, that criminal, Brian Kemp. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were lots of drunk Republicans in tuxedos wandering into the Waffle House after they were done at the ball. Sounds like a dream. Yeah. Also, he says there were a lot of stoners. Also, there were some college kids who were very awesome. He spent some time talking to them. And he says that these kids, you know, really brought home that the newest generation is great. I mean, if his own daughter didn't prove it, 
uh, I guess yeah. these two. I I have to say I don't know. I mean, everybody who's still like shaking their fist at those millennials. First of all, the millenni- like the youngest of the millennials is twenty seven or twenty eight now. Yeah. So the kids who are in college now are the generation after that. And yeah. we work with lots of students, and they're so great. Yeah. They're all just smart and motivated, and engaged. And I don't know why the olds are still complaining. Um. Luke says that he did go to the bathroom while he was wearing a live mic. And so <laughs> there is tape out there of him peeing. Admitting I guess. to murder. And he has to right, remind himself not to say anything damaging just in case. Um, then they get into some interesting, and by interesting, I mean strange talk for a Friday show, where Luke says that really being in the South is driving home just how white. It is in the Pacific Northwest, uh, where people talk a really good game about uh, how they are not racist, but they don't actually have to interact with any minorities. So it's very easy to be anti-racist if you don't have to deal with any black or brown people. Uh, In the South, instead, I mean, everybody's just there. You can't avoid it. And so the racism might be more in your face, but at least they understand one another's lives more. Maybe kind of. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot of segregation, whether it's I was going to say self-imposed or not. No, I mean, there's it's so it's such a complicated and well, I mean, I guess it's not that complicated. It's just racist, but it's such a long history of you know um, different ways of segregating. And yes, like maybe in a public space, you are more exposed, like at the grocery store at a or at a Waffle House, but I, I mean, Austin is a, is a very white city, so Austin is not really representative, but something like Houston or Dallas is a little bit more diverse. And yes, you might go to the same stores, but you, you don't send your children to the same schools. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. the way it is. And Atlanta's that way. It's extremely that way. Mm-hmm. And you don't live in the same neighborhoods, really. I mean, not truly. Yep. I guess... My mom has a friend who lives in the in North Carolina in the like the Raleigh Durham area, mm-hmm. area, and she says in North Carolina, if you have the money, you don't send your kid to public schools. No. The black no. kids go to public schools, yep. and the white kids go yep. to private schools. Very much. So, yep. Uh, uh, gross. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Andrew says that when he moved from L.A. back to Seattle, he was actually pretty bummed because that was the first time it really registered to him what a non melting pot. Seattle is what a white place it is. So, I mean, you know, it's weird because I feel like I mean, I don't live in Seattle. I I don't know. I think Seattle is an is a pretty white city, but I think it's maybe um, it's maybe has less black people and less uh, Latino people, but there is more of an Asian influence there. uh, Oh my goodness! Yes, it doesn't make up for stuff, but there's like you know not as much one here, or probably in Los Angeles, there's not as much of an Asian influence. So that's what I felt when I went to Seattle. You don't see you know a rainbow of color, but you do see a lot more Asian people than you do in Mm -hmm. a lot of other Mm -hmm. places. Agreed. Uh. This is the part of the show where Luke talks about how he sort of unconsciously or consciously, whichever, started using y'all to talk to people. (laughs) I mean, this is sort of classic code switching, right? Yeah. I think talking about code switching is becoming more trendy, talking about in a racial sense. If you're talking to white people or you're talking to black people. But in the true sense of the term code switching, it's just changing between sort of linguistic cultures, 
which is what he's been doing. Yep. And they talk about y'all. They've had this conversation more than one time before, so I don't know what good it does to rehash. If you want to say y'all, say it. If you don't, don't. If you think it sounds weird, you don't have to use Andrew. That's fine. Um, Andrew says that he's trying not to say guys as much, but he does say man. Hey, man. <laughs> I will say that that is distinctive in his TBTL intros. Yes. He either says, hey, man, or he says, hello, Luke Burbank. Yes. Or some so. variant of that. <laughs> uh, Luke contributes that he has been making effort to say dude <laughs> specifically to women. Because he's trying to show that he's post-gender. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they didn't quite get to it. But what he's really doing is signaling to them that he's not a sexual predator. Yeah. I don't think any women are actually fooled. <laughs> and if a man calls them dude, that means he's not a creeper. Okay. Sure. I have started walking into rooms of men saying, sup, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> It's very good. That's very post-gender of you, Bobby. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I just don't understand why do we have to address people at all? Why Why can't you just be like, hey, hi. Y'all, man, dude, bitches, what? You, I mean, I said it before. non-necessary. The reason why y'all is, it, it just is an elegant way to, it's a non-gendered way of, you know, talking to a group of guys and gals and that's why I mean obviously it's something that's embedded in my language and my I guess dialect but uh, it just solves the problem to me but if it's not natural then that's weird it sounds awkward I've never been like oh I wish I could say y'all but I can't because I'm (laughs) from Minnesota (laughs) never affected my life in any way Uh, we don't talk about the donors of the day a lot but uh, Jennifer Walters from Poland is the donor of the day, and Luke mentions that the last time he saw Jennifer, she told him she no longer listens to TBTL, but she still donates. And I was like, that is a weird thing <laughs> to say to the host of a show. I don't listen to you anymore, but I still give you money. The only thing I can think is that I remember that she was at the uh, the 10th anniversary, the 24-hour mm-hmm. show, um, and I feel like... It's one of those things you would admit if you had three drinks in you that you'd be like, I don't really listen, but I love you guys. <laughs> and you would probably immediately the next day you're like, why did I say that? That was so rude. Okay, I that makes sense. That. That's the only. Uh, right. She's really nice. If you get a or- few more drinks in, you start wondering why Jen has a beard and is wearing a plaid shirt. <laughs> Or maybe it was one of those where she's meeting Luke and she got super nervous and then started yes. saying stupid stuff. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the deal. Uh, but clearly it struck a chord with him because he remembers it. Uh, the top story for today is the Nightmare family from Britain who spent a month basically just trashing everywhere they went in New Zealand. And it's become a sort of a national... I don't know if sensation is the right word, but fixation, maybe, for New Zealanders who have sort of been watching these people make this swath of destruction across their country. Uh, Luke thinks that it's funny that people assumed uh, that they were Irish for a long time. And I'm going to correct him here. 
because from what I read, people did not assume they were Irish. They said they were Irish travelers, which is a distinct ethnic group like mm. gypsies, oh. Romani, mm-hmm. oh. traveling people who are a very discriminated against ethnic minority in Ireland. So this is actually just not a ha ha. We thought they were Irish because Irish people are rowdy. This was actually bigotry. So not that funny, Luke. I am looking forward to the cable TV show about their weddings. (laughs) (laughs) Great. What channel is that going to be on, Bobby? National Geographic? (laughs) Uh, It'll probably be a sideline on like... Um, Destination America. Is that still mm, a channel? I don't know. Maybe TLC? Maybe. We're not even pretending that stands for the Learning Channel anymore. <laughs> no, that's like KFC. I think they've officially swiped away the uh, the acronym and now they're just keeping the initials. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so this awful family, they stole stuff repeatedly from the same location sometimes. They littered all over the New Zealand beaches. They tried to get out of paying their checks at restaurants. They yelled at people who attempted to call attention to their behavior. And they were just pretty much awful, including this nine-year-old boy who flipped off all the press cameras every time they came around, even as they came out of court from being charged with the shoplifting. Um, great people. That's just so, yeah, fantastic. Sparkling. Yep. Um, Andrew just can't seem to wrap his mind around this. He just feels like we're missing some facts here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's just that they're terrible people, Andrew. Uh, and he wants to think about, you know, what would this be like if you were normal? If you were a normal person, like a friend of one of them who was, they were like, hey, come on vacation of a lifetime to New Zealand. And you came along and you were like, oh, my God, these people are the devil. What would you do? How would you react? Um, I do know one time we were going for a big family dinner at a fancy restaurant and my grandparents, God bless their dearly departed souls, um, insisted on getting to the restaurant so early that they didn't have our table set up yet. They were like 45 minutes early. And my grandfather just lost his shit at the hostess. I think there was a host and a hostess. And he just berated them up and down at length for not having our table ready. And afterwards, I kind of hung back and I was like, I am so, so sorry. That was unacceptable. And I really want to apologize on behalf of my family. And they were like, oh, don't worry about it. It goes with the territory. But I felt really bad. Well, I was I actually was listening before we started. I was listening to a podcast and you know, another podcast, not TBTL, and they were saying, what? I'm so sorry, unnamed. But they were talking about celebrities getting mad at, um, you know, d- like service providers of whatever. And it's like, unless they are, you know, being cruel to you or, you know, assaulting you in some way, it's almost never right to publicly or just loudly berate somebody because you're punching down for the most part. I mean, yes, there's like a corporate, you know, structure that is making, you know, these stupid rules or whatever. But for the most part, people are trying hard and they're trying to do their best, especially in a restaurant where these people are working for nothing and getting yelled at. It's just as like, you're, you're in charge. Like you're punching down. Like you're just being a dick. Mm hmm. 
and they're this family is using all kinds of tactics including trying to set the wait staff against one another <laughs> i mean i could tell you that's never going to work and claiming to find ants in their food when they actually clearly put it there themselves i had actually not to tell too many personal stories but at the uh, Taco John's, I did once have a lady come up after she had eaten three quarters of her super nachos and say, oh, there's a hair in my food. And I looked at it and it was a short, black, curly textured hair. And she was a black lady and the two of us who were working were white mm. with long brown hair. So I gave her her money back and apologized because... What else can you do? Yeah. You can't say you put one of your own hairs yeah. into that dish to try and scam us. Yeah. You just can't do it. We're sending this hair to the lab. That's <laughs> <laughs> Taco John yeah, HQ. Yes. <laughs> and our we'll nerdy get back goth. to you in seven to ten months yeah. <laughs> with the results. And your four dollars and fifteen cents. Um so this family uh ends up giving an interview, John Johnson, I'm sure that's his real name, and they claim that they're the ones that are just being bullied and that they just came to New Zealand to see the hobbits. The trip of a lifetime has just been ruined. And Luke is irked by this because he, I guess he thinks it's injustice that they're going to like die never knowing just how shitty they really are, never accepting their own culpability or anything. That's life, man. That criticism starts at home in the United States. Yep. Certainly does. Music for your weekend. Uh, Andrew picks the B-52s. Give me back my man. I just don't like the B-52s, guys. Not for me. Uh, Luke, by way of his kid, brings Midnight by Tallies. And from listener Patrick, the Ben Gibbard cover of the Velvet Underground song After Hours performed live at a TBTL event. So a nice way to end the week. Yeah, that was really nice. I actually, I kind of like that. I thought it was, it was a nice little treat. Um, okay, let's get into housekeeping. Um, buy stuff from us. Uh, our merch is uh, the merch tab on littleredbandwagon.com. Um, contact Christy for the archive project. It's uh, ongoing constantly. Um, buy stuff from Amazon for us. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Um, earbuds and earworms were like a little bit early, I think, but, uh, the one from last week is where in the world is earbuds and earworms, uh, songs that are not in English, which I think we promoted last week, but it's mm -hmm. still up. Still um, mad that it's not Rockabella. I know. From San Diego. <laughs> I love that show so much. I wanted to be on it. <laughs> so badly I also always thought the end game was really tough unless you got like North America it was just it right was, it was like if you got Africa it was like how can you run it wasn't even you could memorize all of them but it was like running to all of the countries there's too many countries um uh all right and that's housekeeping <laughs> If you'd like to get involved with the show, you can visit the aforementioned webpage, littleredbandwagon.com. Send your comments, good and bad, happy and sad, enraged and more enraged, to throwyourphone.com. Come visit us over on our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon. Uh, 
littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. How late is it? <laughs> it's, late. Late. it's pretty late. <laughs> uh, voicemail text 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. No butts yet. Still no butts. <laughs> so butt-free zone. And with that, Hillary, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, Jen. Uh, even if Luke replayed his criticism of Afghans this week. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I forgot those through your phones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Jen will always forever hold the ultimate criticism of Afghans. <laughs> right, right. And, and while we're at it... Uh, Luke, January is not the shortest month of the right. year. It is also not Black History Month. <laughs> you were close. You were close. Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah.